You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slave podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with me today. This is episode 97. I am so excited. We are almost at our first 100 episodes and I couldn't have been here without you. Now, before we get started, I just want to remind you to follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, on Instagram at Shantae Sapphire. The link will be in the show notes. Listen, we are sharing some incredible things over on IG. We have your Motivation Mondays, Word Wednesdays, and Thankful Fridays. So you're going to want to hop over there to keep yourself motivated and inspired throughout the week. Now let's get into this week's episode. Okay, let me, let's get into this week's episode. I have with me... Paviel. Paviel is a lawyer, strategist, and coach who serves people of faith by demystifying the topic of purpose to help you become more confident and fulfilled in their life. Paviel is a lawyer, strategist, and coach who serves people of faith by demystifying the topic of purpose to help them become more confident and fulfilled in their life. She hosts the Purpose Collective podcast, where she talks about what living a life of purpose is really about. Each week on her podcast, she discusses insights and tips to help you live out your life's purpose on a higher frequency, just as God intended. Let's welcome Paviel to the show. Paviel, welcome to the podcast. Oh my goodness. Thanks so much for having me, Shantae. First of all, before we even get into the the episode, I want to say congratulations on 97 episodes. Thank you so much. Every time I think about it, I'm just like, I don't know how the Lord has kept me that I will be in a few weeks talking about this is episode 100, but I am just amazed at the things God is doing here on the podcast. So I'm excited to have you. So let's jump in. We've already heard your amazing bio, but I want you to tell us a fun fact about you that's not in your bio. So one thing that always fascinates people, they're never not taken aback when I say this, is that I'm an introvert. And anytime it comes out of my mouth, people look at me like I'm crazy because in their mind, I'm not, you know, um, whenever I'm out in public, I am very social. So they see me interact with other people and they're like, oh my goodness, I thought you were such a people person. But the truth is I'm more of a social introvert. So once you get me out, you know, I can mingle, hang out with people, have good conversation, but my comfort zone is definitely in my house. Um, there's also a cap on the amount of time that I can spend outside of my house interacting with people. 
before I start getting like a little groggy. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with me? And then I realized, girl, you've been around people for an extended period of time. You need to go back into your house, recharge, and then, you know, go out fresh. But people are always, always amazed and fascinated when I tell them that I'm an introvert. It must be something in the calling of, of lawyers or something, because I love what you said. And I am the same way. Like I call it peopling. I can only do so much peopling and I rather be at home. I just <laughs> rather be at home. And I think it's so hilarious because last week my husband just looked at me and he said to me, do you feel like peopling? Cause he understands. And I'm like, I, I people at work. I don't, I, I don't need to people in my free time, but I think since God has called us to love people and be encouraging to people. He has given us the the ability to go out and socialize and be a light and shine brightly. But when we come home, girl, I'm with you. We have to rest and (laughs) recharge so we can do it again. Yes, indeed. There's a sweatshirt I saw. Uh, The next time I see it, I don't even know who sells it. But the next time I see it, I'm going to grab it. It says, it's too people-y outside. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It's too people-y. I absolutely love it. Okay, Pavios. Well, now that we know that you are an introvert, we also know that you're a lawyer, strategist, and a coach. What led you down this career path? Interesting enough is that when I was around five or six, when someone would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would say a judge. I knew no judges. I had never seen a judge on television. I had a very loose concept of what judges did, which pretty much brings me to the point of, I don't know where that came from. So I would say that for years. And then I had to do some research on judges for a school project. And then I realized that, oh my goodness, you have to be a lawyer first. So then I changed, I pivoted and would say, I want to be a lawyer when I grow up. And I pretty much embraced it. Um, I did research on it to make sure it was actually something that I wanted to do, right? Because I'm like, you know, listen, I can't be stuck in a career I don't like. This was young Paviel talking. Young Paviel was very intense. She's an intense child. Um, But once I did research and I was comfortable with it, I ran with it. And I didn't necessarily know what kind of lawyer I wanted to be. I thought I wanted to do corporate law because I'm very good at math. And I really like math. But I also wanted to do something that lets me really have an impact on my community directly. Um, So that's how I became a lawyer. Um, I'm very singularly focused. So once I, well, maybe not singularly focused, but laser focused. So once I have my eyes on something, I have to do it. And then as far as being a strategist and coach, that's from God. That is something that I started to do because the Lord told me to share with his children about purpose and help them on their journeys to discovering and walking in their purpose. So that's how I got into coaching and being a strategist. And honestly, once I told my, I started to tell my friends that I was going to start coaching, they were like, oh, you mean like what you've been doing your whole life? (laughs) And I thought about it and said, oh my goodness, I guess I have been doing this my whole life, huh? I absolutely love that. And as you were talking, my jaw was dropping. Like I was just like, hold it together. Because I feel like we have such similar stories and I love how God would carve out specific paths for different areas of his vineyard. However, we can still come together and fellowship because we are similar in certain things. So when you said just now, you said, 
you know, I was five and six, I was five or six and I wanted to be good become a judge and I've never, you know, seen judges before. So I was four when I wanted to become a judge and I had no idea. Like I used to play courtroom with my parents and my teddy bears. <laughs> so I would set it up. My mom always won no matter what, because I was a mommy's girl. Um, but that was just something that was laid on me. And just like you, I did not know that I had to be a lawyer first. I had to go and do research before I found out the path and then strategist, coach, a motivational speaker, all of that just comes from the Lord. So it's great that God will provide us with sort of our initial focus and we are focused on something. And then he's like, okay, but I've got more for you. I've got more for you than you could even ask or imagine. So what did you feel like? Being somebody that's singularly focused, okay, you sound like somebody that had a plan, all right? You were going to do this, 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 and that. How did you feel when God just like changed up your plan and start introducing different aspects that you weren't thinking about or didn't have in your, in your, maybe your five-year plan or something? No, um, I felt seen. I felt seen because even though I'm good at being a lawyer, I am a successful attorney. I, you know, I work at the highest levels of government doing really meaningful and impactful work, but at the same time, it's not fulfilling. So when he, when, the, when God started giving me messaging around the fact that I should be teaching his children about their purpose, I mean, and Shantae, it was coming at me from all angles. Okay. Like all angles. I would read about purpose in my, in my devotional. The devotional was about fear. It wasn't even about purpose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was coming at me from all angles. So I felt seen. I felt like everything that had happened in my life thus far was preparing me for this. I wasn't overwhelmed. It just, it was seamless. It was seamless, which is how I knew it was a God thing. Because if it was a me thing, girl, I'd be stressed. Mm -hmm. I'd be stressed and trying to make it happen. Like, oh my goodness, I got to do this. I got to do that. You know, everything was just very much smooth and it just made sense. The skills that I cultivated from being a, an attorney are skills that I need in order to help people navigate their purpose, leadership, problem solving, everything. I just felt, I felt seen. I was like, oh, this, this is it. I love that. And what you said, you said something. So those of you who have been listening to this podcast since episode one, hey, <laughs> you have heard me say a few things that Paviel has said just now as well. Being somebody who is very focused, very, this is what I'm going to do and nobody can change my mind. And then actually accomplishing, accomplishing that thing and then feeling like, hey, is this it? Like, it's, it's all right. It's great. I'm good at it. But is this it? I feel like there is more to life than this, which, which was literally my words at the time. Like, God did not just create me just to do this. I, I'm sorry. I remember having that conversation with my mother. I was like, I am sorry. I am not created to do just this. There must be more. So the fact that it was seamless for you, that you just sort of floated or God angled your ship that way, so it was just like, okay, and now I'm here and this is adding to what I'm going to do. But I want to go back. You talked about how everything you have done has helped you for the moment 
you're in now. That I think is very important, especially when it comes to purpose. I think too many times we think that if we are doing something that doesn't feel all the way fulfilling, that doesn't feel like this is exact, this is not where I should be, that doesn't feel like, you know, the right thing for us. We think that we are out of alignment with purpose. But could it be that we are actually on our way, on our journey, picking up those things that we need? What was- you, you hit the nail on the head then. We are absolutely picking up the things that we need. Nothing is ever wasted on us. Nothing. Nothing is ever wasted. It's like if you were to sit back and really think about and evaluate pivotal moments in your life, key players, lessons that you've learned from good experiences, lessons that you learned from not so great experiences, you know, and, and by no means am I saying that God brings trouble to your life, because then that would mean he's working against himself. What I am saying is that he can use anything. He can use anything. So we have to start really looking at our lives and our journey and thinking about how useful things are to us. Like nothing is ever wasted. If you're, listen, if you, if you were in a bad relationship with a narcissist, you know, by no means did God send you that narcissist. I'm pretty sure he probably didn't. Okay. Nevertheless, Surely, surely there's something that you learned in that experience, right? So we have to look at things as lessons. Nothing is ever a failure. You only fail when you give up. I think we'll, I think we'll see more than what we what we've been exposed to. Yes. Nothing is ever a failure. You only fail when you give up. That is so important. And I think with the way God has crafted our lives and the experiences that we have, we always get to a point where we are experiencing something that may not be comfortable for us, that may be something that, you know, we don't like, or we may even hate. And we say to God, you know, why us? Why am I the one going through this? And I remember having in my life moments like that. And I had to quickly shift my perception on what was happening, even when it felt like this is just the worst thing that has ever happened to me. I had to change my God. Why me? So why not me? If God was going to pick anybody to fight this battle, why shouldn't it be me? Why couldn't I be the one to emerge victorious? Why couldn't I be the one to stand up strong and be like, okay, devil, you want to fight? Like we could square up. It's me and you all day because at the end of the day, I know that God has created me. So I will always win no matter what you do. So I think changing our perception, sometimes even in life, even in our relationship with God, we have to remember that we are victorious not victims. So whatever it is that we are going through is not to stomp us down, but instead it's to build us up. And I think we forget that. And because we are in the mindset of of being a victim to our circumstance, that's where we think we have lost our purpose, right? We go down the rabbit hole of, I need to find my purpose. I need to find where it is because I lost it or I never had it, but I don't know what purpose is. But I think that's not the case. So I know, and we talk about this on this podcast, but I just want your perspective, Javier. Do we need to find our purpose? Is that what it is that we're doing? We need to find it. We need to go out, search high and low. Like, like we're looking, I don't know, like we're doing a treasure hunt. 
and the purpose is the is the treasure at the end of the hunt. I think that if someone approaches discovering purpose in that way, they may not ever find it because they're looking for it outside of themselves and outside of the source, right? That's how you get people who are like, oh, I'm I'm going to move to another country to find myself, right? And then you end up finding someone else and emulating that. You have to really look inwardly and you have to look to the source. And the source is not someone else. You can't go ask your friends, what do you think my purpose is? You know, they're going to look at you. One, like, what? <laughs> and then two, like, how am I supposed to know? Or they may volunteer information that isn't even the truth. It might be factual, right? But it's not the truth. So no, I don't. I don't think that you have to go and find your purpose somewhere outside of you. I think you need to go on a journey of self-discovery and develop an intimate relationship with your father because he will tell you, okay? This, this is it. This is it. He will tell you. And at the end of the day, nobody can, nobody else can tell you or show you what God had already created that is inside of you. It's apart from the creator itself. I remember when I did a, maybe a few years ago when I was just starting out, I had a find your purpose challenge. And nearly 100 women signed up to find their purpose. And it was a play on words because that is what people say. I need to go find my purpose. That, that's it. Everybody says, I need to go find my purpose. And I remember thinking, thinking, like thinking back, that challenge was all about helping you find your time with Jesus so that he could tell your purpose. I couldn't do, I really can't do, I can't tell you. I can, I can guide you. I am just a vessel, right? I'm just a conduit. I'm just a vessel. I can guide you to Jesus and help you in that aspect. But he is the one who's going to show you, who is going to help you peel back the layers to help you come out of the box, out of the safety net that has been placed on you, or maybe you even placed yourself in to get out of it and realize, wait a minute, this, this has always been in me. This is something that has always been a part of me. I've just lost it in the in the sense that I've just started doing things that I think people want me to do rather than things that God wants me to do. And while I was just saying that, I was just thinking that's probably why we don't do peopling well. Peopling require us to show up for people. But the way God has created you and I, I would say, we prefer to spend time more alone, more with him, because we can be ourselves. We don't need to show up in the box that people create us in because we are already out of that box. So he has created us to be a, a, a voice for the people, but not of the people. If you get what I'm saying, we can talk to them, we can guide them, but we don't need to be a part of them. And that's why I feel like I'm about to prophesy. That's why we are are, are not meant to be with them. We can be with them for only a moment, but not spend our lives with them. We have to come back and recharge. We have to come back to the source, right? Because God is our source. Okay, sorry. We went off topic. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Interesting. <laughs> That's you, something Holy. for me to chew on. Mm. 
Yeah, that's something for me to chew on too, because I've been having conversations with the Lord and I feel like he's just talking to me to talk to myself. Okay, Lord, we, I hear you. I hear you. All right. So let me, let me get back to the questions. <laughs> so when you went on this journey, was there a point where you felt like this is it? I'm in my purpose. Tell it. And if so, tell us about this point. Yeah, for sure. So what it felt like for me was I'm doing exactly what I was created to do. And it may not be the whole vision of it. Like it may not be the whole version of it, but at its core, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And then there's a level of of confidence. There's a level of, of surety that comes along with that, that it's really indescribable. But I definitely felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. And what helped me to come to that realization was the constant confirmation that God would send through other people, through the Holy Spirit, like speaking directly to me and my thoughts. I'm like, okay, because, you know, we're, we're all wondering, you know, am I supposed to be doing this? Am I supposed to be doing something else? So there's nothing like hearing from God that you're where you're supposed to be doing what it is that you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that is true. I feel like when you have that confirmation from God, you, you, you develop this, this attitude that nobody can deter you. Nobody can really tell you anything that will move you from the will of God on your life because you know that you are in the right place. So before we go any further, I want to know how you define purpose. Purpose is the reason that something exists. It's the reason for the creation of a thing. So if you think about something like a bicycle, a bicycle was created primarily as a means of transportation. We use a bicycle now for all sorts of things. Like we can choose what we use it for. We can use it as a means of exercise. We can use it as a door stopper to hold a door open, right? But the purpose of a bicycle is a means of transportation. It was created for that purpose. The creator needed to get from point A to point B. They wanted it to be mobile. And so they created a mechanism that would get them from point A to point B. That is its purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. You said we can, when you were describing the bicycle, you said that we can choose what we use it for. When it comes to purpose, do you believe that there is more than one way that we can walk in our purpose. Oh, for sure. So take me and and you, for example, right? So my purpose is to help believers on their journey with purpose, to discover it or to walk confidently in it. Because for some people, when God really shows up and shows out and tells them what he he has in, in store for them, they get spooked. They're like, oh my goodness, that's going to require me to be way outside of my comfort zone. I'm a little bit nervous, right? So then we help them navigate through those waters. But how we do that, it can vary. It can vary. So 
you have a podcast. You are helping and serving other people of God by helping them with their purpose via your show. And then you also might, you're an author, right? So for those who are learners visually and they they prefer to receive their content in the form of a book as opposed to listening to it, they have a way to tap in and learn from you, right? So it can show up in many different ways and it can evolve. At its core, it's gonna be the same thing, right? But how you choose to do that, like God isn't limited by what we think. Like he's not limited in how he can use us. He can use you to do something in many different ways. I love what you just said. God is not limited in the ways that he can use us. And I think that's so important. Because even when I am coaching women and we're talking about purpose and I start talking about your purpose and finances, it's like, wait a minute, (laughs) God has called me to do these things. So I must do it for free. And my advice is always that you can be in your purpose in different avenues. Yes, there may be some things that you give back, you give for free, you help out with your church, you volunteer, that is fine. But God did all, God did not also call you to be broke. He called you to advance his kingdom and you cannot advance his kingdom on a broke budget. You can't say, stand here and say, you know, one day I'm gonna end world hunger, but you have no money. So we have to find ways to exhibit or walk confidently in our purpose. And when it evolves, know that at its core, like you said, it's still the same thing. At its core, if I'm called to help people, then whether I'm helping them by coaching, mentoring, a book, a podcast, being a lawyer and advocating, it doesn't matter. I am doing the same thing that I was called to do just in a various different ways because God has called us to a area in his vineyard. And that area in his vineyard has many different people who need to receive from you in many different ways. So you can be multi-talented, right? You can have different ways that you just show up and walk in your purpose, but never think that because you're not doing something free, then you're out of alignment with what God has called you to do. Listen, Shantae, we have, and when I say we, I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about believers, Christians. We have a tendency to separate money from the spiritual. We, we, for some reason, we take what is the scripture? Um, love uh, money is the root of evil. Yes, not having money, mm. right? Oh. We take <laughs> it to mean having money. Having money, oh my goodness! People who have money are evil. People who have money, they're 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 doing something evil to get it, or they're going to do something evil with it. Like our mind is warped around the idea of wealth and prosperity and money. We don't, and honestly, as a result, we don't talk about it enough. But if you really think about it, if you really sit back and think about it, you will see that it makes absolutely no sense. No sense. Some of the things that we want to do in order to serve other people, guess what? It requires money, okay? My church has this 
laundry initiative because apparently, you know, I haven't been a teenager in a long time, but apparently teenagers are super cruel, can be super cruel to each other and pick on others for smelling a certain way, right? And the root of that is those children who might smell a certain way don't have equal access to clean their clothes. So they're wearing dirty clothes over and over again. So my church has this laundry initiative, which is hugely successful, where all we do is show up at a wash and fold or a laundromat. We let the school board know, and we work with a couple of schools, and they tell the students about us. All we do is show up and put the quarters in the machine. We don't even talk to them about Jesus. We just put the quarters in the machine. And if they want to engage us and talk about God, Jesus, the church, or just have conversation, then we're there. But in order to meet that need and wash those students' clothes so that they can go to school and show up as their best selves, guess what we need? Money. Money. Okay? You need money. So one, and I want to, I want to end it with this, which is very telling. God told me to do something that's going to require people to pay me for it. And I felt a way about it because I'm using things that in my mind I obtained for free or at a low cost to share with them. So I felt bad about charging them for it. And when I tell you within minutes, God shut it down. He said, first of all, you need money, right? To live. Second of all, people take seriously things that they have skin in the game for. So if you give this to them, they will not receive it. They will not receive it. They won't do the work. They won't receive it, how how it needs to be received. But if they exchange something, if they invest their time, their money, or their energy into it, then they're going to learn what I need you to teach them. And I was like, okay, God, I won't give it away for free then. (laughs) And then he also checked me and said, it wasn't free for you. It wasn't free. It cost you something. It cost you to get it. It cost you your time, it cost you your money, and it cost you energy. It cost you the same thing that it cost them. This is so true. I mean, they, I know there's a saying that says, show me where your money is and I'll tell you where your heart is. Because where you put your money, you actually put focus. And when I think about, and when I listen to my ladies and they heard they're struggling with the whole money concept, I think about things like this. I, my mom and I have a ministry, right? So I have this business, I have this podcast and that's fine. And the business makes money and the podcast is something that I do for free. I don't charge anybody to listen to the podcast. It's just something I do for free. But when it came down to it and I felt led to give scholarships to students going off to university because I got scholarships and that was the only way I made it through university, what, where, where, where was the money going to come from? So just because I am collecting finances, I feel like it's just a transfer of wealth in God's kingdom. So yes, I am collecting finances, but I'm using those finances. Now what? Two students can continue the next year of university because we've given them, uh, we've given them scholarship or we've put on a conference that, and <laughs> I love how we're on this topic because just 
I think in Christian culture, when a conference, you have to pay for a conference, all of a sudden, nobody wants to show up to your conference, you know. Oh, this isn't free. We can't just come and give an offering. Nobody wants to show up. And I think it, it and my mom and I, we, we, we butt heads because we're of different teachings and different generations, but we put on our single summit. And I remember we started doing things and the conferences started to cost money. They started to be $50. They started to be $99. And I remember we put on the sing- single conference and the tickets were $99 and their church was in an uproar, but our ministry is an under a church. So I was like, mm-hmm, you can be in whatever you want. I was like, listen, the Lord has called us to do this. And I know that it needs funding. I also take card because we, we, we can get into that, how the church and anyway, we'll get into that later. But I remember all the people who bought tickets and one of the people who bought tickets was my husband. I didn't know that at the time because I didn't know the man. Right. But today he's my husband. And where did I meet him at a single conference? And how did I meet him? He paid $99 for a ticket. So we can't always think that money is going to pull us down into hell because money is just is just a tool. Money is not supposed to have dominion over you. You are supposed to have dominion over it. God has has granted you money. And, And at the end of the day, the way I look at it, it's not even my money. It's the Lord's money. I'm just over here trying to make sure that I'm a proper manager of his money. Okay. That I'm not wasting it. I'm not being frivolous, but money is important. You need money to invest into your purpose. Yes. You may, you may, okay, I'm confident now and I want to walk in my purpose, but how do I do it? You may need a coach. You may need to up your skill level. We can't just go by saying that I am gifted. I'm a gifted talker. I know that. I'm gifted, but it didn't stop me from investing in courses, in conferences to teach me how to speak better. Right. How to craft an actual keynote. You know what I mean? Because the better I speak, the better the message is delivered. Yes, I can rely on my giftings and say, well, you know, God, God gifted me to do this. You know, this is a part of my purpose. I'm just going to show up and God's going to show up. Yes, he will show up. But the more you do to... To, to hone the skill, to improve the skill, the better that you can do when you show up. And I remember having that conversation with a coworker. I went away to a conference that was called Speaking Right. And I was talking to my coworker and she's like, oh yeah, I don't need nothing like that. I know how to speak. And I went to that conference for my personal gain, for how I speak as it relates to my business and my podcast and motivational speaking, nothing to do with work. And I remember I came back to work and of course, all these skills trans translate. And I went to do a, I had a Supreme Court trial and I was opening to a jury and I went and I didn't, and I opened to the jury and I put in the tips that the lady had taught about how to speak and how to curve your conversation and things like that. And in Bermuda, we aren't allowed to be very animated when we're speaking. That's not, we follow English law. It's kind of a bit stiff. So we, we can't, it's not. Wait, like, do you guys wear the, um, the headpieces yeah. too? Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, used to live in, I used to live in London. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've got the, the wigs on and the gowns and it's, 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 it's stiff. But just because it's stiff doesn't mean that there's a way there's, I can't do my job in a way that's different. And I remember it was, we did the trial, the jury came back with a guilty plea and I was getting ready to leave. And as I was getting ready to leave, I was, you know, taking off my wig and things like that. 
And the judge said, because he was still on the bench and he had other things to do. He said, where's the little prosecutor? And I was like, oh God, I'm in trouble. I didn't do anything wrong. I know I didn't do anything. Like I'm having a conversation with Jesus. Jesus, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't know why this man's trying to embarrass me. I followed the rules. I did it right, right? And he said, I just want you to know that is probably one of the best opening speeches I have ever heard. And then he went on to say that the jury had no choice but to come back with the guilty verdict off of my opening. So here's me, I'm shook. I'm just like, thanks. And I'm like running away. But I could not have delivered justice for a woman who had been raped if I did not know how to properly use the gift that God has given me in a way that was able to connect with each person on the jury. And that's not even why I invested in the course. I I really had no, I was not thinking about it for work, but that's how it works. So we have to remember that on our journey to our purpose, we have to invest in ourselves. It's so important. Javier, have you made investments in yourself along your journey? Tons, tons of investment. Just like you, I joined an accelerator to teach me how to speak. And I remember I went, I ran into a couple of weeks ago, I ran into um, some women that I knew they were, they were at brunch and I was walking in. I, I, I'm an avid reader, Shantae. So I read all the time, anywhere, anytime I'm somewhere by myself, I can guarantee you, I have a book in my purse or in my hand. So I'm walking into the restaurant with my book in my hand, with my pen ready so that I can underline, highlight, whatever. And I run into these women that I know and they're eating brunch and they were praising the podcast. I have a, I have a podcast called the purpose collective and they were praising the show and they were talking about my delivery of the content. They love it. And I said, Oh, I'm that's good to hear. You know, I said, and funny thing is I'm actually in a program to teach me how to become a better speaker. And their immediate response was, you don't need that. You don't, you don't need that. And in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I do, I do under no circumstances will I ever become stagnant in my gifts. So I'm constantly going to be elevating. I'm a, a lifelong learner. I'm, I want to know how to get my message across in a way that people can understand it. And the way that people understand information is ever changing. So who am I to just sit here and be content with my outdated delivery system? So I had to invest. I've invested, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars, okay? Mm -hmm. Just last year alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just last year alone. When I did my taxes and they told me how much, like they call it business loss, you know? I said, you mean to tell me? that I spent all of that and most of it, 90% of it was education. You have to invest. God gave you these gifts that you have to share with others. And if you think you don't have gifts, you should reevaluate whether you're actually helping other people. Because if you're not, then you have no reason to have the gifts. He's not going to reveal your gifts to you if you over here, you know, getting fat off his word and not helping anybody. So 
you have to be a good steward of your gifts. You need to cultivate them. You need to develop them. You need to enhance them. And that requires an investment. Sometimes it's an investment of your time alone. Sometimes it's an investment of your time and energy. Sometimes it's an investment of your time, money, and energy. It's all three. But yes, I've made tons of investments. And investments are so very important. No matter which which way you do it, you can never stop learning. And I think that's when we become, when we get when we get to a point where we think we've arrived, I think that's when we stop being successful. Well, I define success in, in doing the thing that God has called you to do. Anything else doesn't matter. But if I'm I'm doing what God has called me to do, by my definition, I'm successful. And I feel like if you stop learning, if you stop progressing, if you stop getting better, then you're not really walking in the levels that God has called you in. Because remember, there's not just one level. You come in and you're just at this, okay, God, I'm getting comfortable here. Now, this purpose thing, I think I figured it out. It's going great. And you start to get comfortable. And let me tell you, the minute you're comfortable in this level, God's like, all right, up. It's time to go to the next level. It's time to go to the next stage. It's time to go to the next area that I have you in. It is a constant state of, I'm learning. I've got this. This is great. I'm doing well. What you mean you want me to do that? Lord, wait a minute. We were good here. I'm good. This is my audience. And he's like, no, I've called you to bigger and better. I have called you to do things that are beyond your wildest imagination. So I need you to not stay comfortable. Because staying comfortable will get you out of alignment with what God has called you to do. There's a box called comfortable that a lot of us make our bed in. That when we arrive in comfortable, the devil no longer needs to to mess with us. Because guess what? You ain't doing what you're supposed to do anyway. I can leave you and I can go mess with somebody else. Because we forget the devil's not omnipresent, you know. He's not messing with me, you, and everybody else all at the same time. He's not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at every time. But guess what? We can be self-sabotagers equally across the board. And we tend to self-sabotage and not even realize we're doing it because we're too busy blaming the devil for the things he's doing that we think he's doing. And God is looking at you and the devil's looking at you like, that ain't me. And God's like, sis, you doing it to yourself. Like you need to do something different. You need to follow what I'm saying to do. And that is where I think we get lost, right? We, we we start to get lost because we can see purpose. We can see what God has called us to. We can see the bigger, bigger vision. But then when it comes to doing the work, when it comes to investing in ourselves, when it comes to being disciplined, when it comes to being consistent, when it comes to growing our relationship with God, we're just like, well, wait a minute. Netflix is looking good right now. So I think I'd rather spend the next eight to 10 hours binging something on Netflix with instead of doing the thing God has called us. So if you're listening to this and you are easily distracted, I decree and declare that that hops up off of you and you learn how to focus and you learn how to strategize and you learn how to put things in their right place. Yes, there is a time for Netflix, but the time for Netflix is not as long as you think it is. So I'm decreeing, declaring over your life that there will be a shift in the way you look at things, that you value your relationship with God more than anything else that is going on with your life. Because once you get that right, and once you tune into the Holy Spirit, your life will definitely change. Okay, so Paviel, 
What do you think the biggest challenge is that we are faced with today when we're deciding to walk in our purpose? Oh, hands down, fear. Fear for sure. And what I think that people, what will help people with fear is to understand its source, right? Fear comes from the enemy. And our proof of this is the scripture that says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if fear did not come from God, then it must be a gift from the enemy. And guess what? You don't have to accept it. You don't have to accept it. And fear manifests itself in so many different ways that I also don't know if people are able to really identify it and put a name to it, but it can show up as worrying, right? You worry because you have a negative expectation. You're afraid of what's going to happen that will affect you negatively. Fear can show up as anger. It shows up as jealousy and envy. You will look at someone else and say, oh, they they got this, you know, so maybe there's not enough for me or why don't I have this? It can show up as procrastination, which is really interesting because when we procrastinate, often the underlying reason is perfectionism, right? Perfectionists put so much pressure on themselves that they often procrastinate and they won't even get started. They won't start a task because of the fear that they have of not being able to do it perfectly. And then fear can also show up as silence. We often see This when someone is afraid to speak in public or afraid to speak out against. And I was reading, you know, I'm a, I told you guys, I am a lifelong student. Like I am a forever eternal learner and I can learn from anywhere and anybody. Like you can put me in a situation and I'm going to find the nuggets. I'm going to find the gems. And I read a book by 50 Cent. Um, It's called Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter. And I read it because despite his his numerous shortcomings as a person who deals with other people, he can be a bit tough and awful to other people. You cannot negate the fact that he's an astute businessman. He knows how to make deals. He knows how to close deals, right? So I'm like, let's see what he has to talk about. How is he going to write this book? And what does he have to say? And I knew it was going to be good because he studies under an author that I love to read, which is Robert Greene. So I read his book and he really dived into fear, fear of failure and fear of success. And what he said that really resonated with me was he said, what separates successful people from the pack is that instead of complaining about or hiding from their losses, they actively seek to learn from them. A study found that people who experience failure early in their careers actually have more long-term success than people who don't initially experience setbacks. We have succeeded at understanding success, but we have failed at understanding failure. Fear of failure and fear of success is definitely something that holds people back from their purpose. I completely agree. And with God, we have the ability to be fearless. I um, know a lady who is a strong soldier for the Lord, and she is so fearless. And I overheard somebody saying, it's like she doesn't have any fear. That's dangerous, you know. And I thought to myself, no, wait, let me get the quote right. It was, she follows God, so she doesn't have any fear, and that's dangerous. That's what it was. And I thought to myself at that moment in time, that's, that is what a weapon that is to have. 
that I don't fear anybody but God. Like the only person that I'm going to fear is my creator. Other than that, it doesn't matter what I'm up against. It doesn't matter who's in front of me. It doesn't matter who I feel like it's putting me down or trying to put me in a place. I don't have to fear you. In fact, God has given me the ability to walk without fear. So what's, I can try this. You know what? I can try this. And if I fail, okay, let me get up and try again and figure it out. But it's so important, like you said, to understand the lessons that failure taught us and understand that failure is not really failure in the way that we see it. Failure is an opportunity to learn. Because one thing I do know is that I, if I fail at something, I never make that mistake again. I never make that mistake. I learn from that mistake. Like one, you can't, you can't, you can't hold me to that particular thing because I'm going to know everything there is to know. So I don't make the mistake again. So it's so important for us to be, like you said, forever students. Definitely. I I say this to people all the time and they think I'm crazy. I said, I would go back to university and they were like, why? Like, why not? (laughs) I said, especially if somebody was going to fund me all the way, I, you could leave me enrolled in university. And I will just keep finding different courses I want to learn from. And I would be happy. And a lot of people think that's crazy. But if we are always learning, then we are always growing. If we are always growing, then we will always be too big for the box anybody has tried to put us in. And we will actually walk in confidently in what God has called us to. Because we will be unstoppable. And by that, I mean we would go out into society and be like a bull in a china shop. We would break up everything that the enemy has used to try and stop us and other people around us because we're too big for our bridges, because we're walking in the fullness of what God has for us. We are going forward at full steam. We are saying, you know what? I am going to do everything God has called me to do. And when I'm done doing what he's called me to do, I'm going to be right up under him saying, God, what's next? I'm ready. And that is so very important. Yes. And if you don't mind, Shantae, I want to, I want to leave your listeners with some tools to equip them to overcome fear, because I recognize that it's something that a lot of people struggle with. If it's okay for me to Okay. So one of the things that I want you to, to do whenever fear starts to creep in is to make the decision not to accept it. Like, remember, fear is a gift from the enemy, so you don't have to accept it. And the next time it presents itself, make the decision at the outset to say, well, I'm not going to accept that. First of all, it's not the truth. It's not the truth. And then second, I haven't even done it. So what if I do it and succeed? You know what I mean? You cannot look at the worst case scenario. So yeah, number one, decide not to accept it. And then the second thing that I would suggest is to replace that fear with faith. Fear and faith, they cannot exist in the same place naturally, right? So if faith is present, then there is no fear. And then another thing that I would suggest is to talk to it, like talk to your fear. Let it know that it has no place in your mind and you won't accept it. Resist it. Speak it, like say it out loud with your mouth. Oh, that's not the truth. You know, someone asked Michael Jordan, oh my goodness, I just finished watching. I don't get a, 
my preferred method of consuming content is to read books, which means I don't spend a lot of time watching visual content. But when I do, I want it to be good. So I finally made my way around to watching The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. And someone asked him if he was nervous or scared or something about a game. And he said, why would I be afraid of a shot that I haven't even taken yet? Why would I be concerned about something that I haven't even attempted? You know what I mean? Think about it that way. And then also focus on God's word. There's so many great tools in the Bible. Like if you look at the Bible as a history book or a book of information and that's it, then you won't get everything that you need to out of it. You should be looking at the book as tools. It's the living word. These are full of things that you are supposed to apply right now. This isn't something for you to just study and know. It's meant for you to apply it. So focus on the word. Find the tools in the Bible that will help you overcome fear. There's a scripture that says, I think it's in Isaiah. It says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. This is God talking to you. You can't help but feel empowered saying that out loud. I would even repeat that back to me, back to myself. You know, like God strengthens me. So instead of saying, you know, I will strengthen you and I will help you, I would turn it into a confession and an affirmation and say, God strengthens me. God helps me. God upholds me with his righteous right hand. Okay, that's your daddy taking care of you. And then last, I would suggest you connect with people who inspire you and your faith. This is really important because if the people around you are doubting you and they're just as afraid of you are, then none of y'all are going to ever leave your comfort zones. You have to surround yourself with people who will hype you up and inspire you. Like my poor friends, they know that they have a cheerleader in me for life. I push them past whatever limits that they impose on themselves. I give them homework, okay? Like the works. I'm their hype man. That's why they were like, oh, so you're going to go into coaching, something you've been doing your whole life. I've been doing it my whole life, whatever it takes to motivate and inspire them. So get yourself a squad that will do the same for you. And I think that fear will definitely diminish if you do those things. It has no, it has no choice to, especially if you replace your fear with your faith. It's a wrap. Oh, those were such great tips. Thank you so much. I love it. Replace your fear with your faith. Pavia, I really enjoyed this conversation. And before we go, I want you to tell us your top tip for thriving in your purpose. Here are my, my top three tips. Number one, you have to get intimate with God and learn how to hear his voice. That's, that's number one. That is the key to everything related to purpose. Next, I would say break up with perfectionism. Like let go of the need to get it exactly right. You have to trust that God will course correct you if you're off course. Like purpose is not an exact science. You are going to make mistakes, but God is with you. He has his spirit living on the inside of you who's gonna coach you throughout this whole thing. So let go of the need to get it exactly right and trust that God will put you on the right path. And then the last thing that I would say is to be strategic with your prayers. You need to craft your prayers in a certain way. 
One way is to treat your prayers as if they were mini prophecies. So instead of praying the problem, you need to be praying the solution. Okay. If something's happening and it's hindering you from purpose, there's no need to talk to God complaining about it. Come to God with the solution. God, I need your help to overcome this. Thank you for helping me with that. I thank you in advance for it. Right. So that's one way to be strategic about your prayers. Another way is to really put yourself in an atmosphere to hear back from God. Remember that prayer is a, is a conversation. It's not just you talking. That's where we mess up. We go and talk and talk and talk, right? And we don't spend the time listening. We don't spend the time listening. So get very strategic with your prayers and how you pray. I love that. Thank you so much for those tips. They were absolutely great. I want you to let the audience know where to find you on social and how to listen to your podcast. Okay. So if you, I have a couple of ways that you can connect with me. So one, if you want some right now support for your purpose journey, then you can download my free purpose action plan. You can get that at guide.thepurposecollective.co. That'll give you some actionable steps to take right now for your journey. Two, if you want to link up with me on social media, I'm not even going to keep you talking about Facebook. I hang out in two places. One on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at paviel.esq, short for Esquire. And you can find me not on my personal page on Facebook, but in the Purpose Collective private community. It's a private group. You can find it by just searching the Purpose Collective on Facebook. We hang out over there. We talk about episodes. We share our wins. It's a really supportive environment and community. And if you're interested in learning from me on how to position yourself, if you want more support on how to pray strategic prayers, how to craft confessions and affirmations that get results, right? Then go over to www.paviel.com and input your information over there and connect with me. And I'm more than happy to help you and guide you. Um, But honestly, you got Shantae. Okay. If you listen to this podcast, you, you got Shantae. So that's that. That's how people can connect with me. I'm really excited to connect with your listeners. Definitely DM me on IG because that is for sure where I hang out. I respond and I look forward to hearing from you all. Paviel, that was so great. I really enjoyed my time speaking with you. I know my audience is going to enjoy connecting with you. Of course, you guys, I will put everything she just said in the show notes so you can find her. Be sure to connect with her. Be sure to download her free guide. It's so important. At the end of the day, we want you in your purpose. We want you following God and we want you showing up confidently. Okay. So be sure to connect with her and let her know that you heard her on the Pray, Plan, Slate podcast. Paviel, thank you so much for being here with us. I truly enjoyed our time together. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, girl. I can talk to you all day. All right, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe and 
Also, be sure to leave a comment, leave a review, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray Plan Slate Podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.